You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Thank you so much for tuning back in to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered podcast. Today, we are going to get our money right, business mindset, everything with a phenomenal, phenomenal guest. Let me just let you know this. Now, one of my personal goals like on my vision board is to be a TEDx speaker. TEDx is on my vision board and my guest today has been featured, has guest, has spoken on TEDx. She is a um, best-selling author and a change agent for women of color with her sweet spot. Thank you so much, Marcia Guerriere, for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Olivia. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you about how I found my sweet spot. Yes, yes. Now, tell me where you are now. And then we can get into like how you started your whole journey doing this. Yeah, so I am, I think, 10 years into this specific business, but I think only five years legitimate. I say get legit, guys. I've been operating the business. I've been um, helping women find their sweet spot, fill their wage gap and promotion gap through entrepreneurship. I host monthly workshops. I have um, been speaking, like you said, TEDx was one of my dreams as well. And let me be honest, let me back up. It wasn't a dream. Being a speaker wasn't actually a dream. Amplifying the voices of other women, that's my jam. That has been my main driver in life. And because of the work that I do, to elevate other women, people want to hear from me why I do it. And so this speaking platform of mine got started really, you know, with me kicking and screaming. And I was asked and offered to uh, the opportunity to do the TEDx um, and at first said no. And the organizer said, um, you're going to rethink that and I'll wait for your submission. <laughs> and so I'm excited that she pushed me the same way that I push all of my clients and all of the members inside her sweet spot to really go after the things that make you feel uncomfortable. And, and speaking and public speaking, while it may appear natural and uh, to me, it really is not. <laughs> that oh, thing. yeah. I um I did some training with one of the one of my previous guests on um this podcast. Her name is Amanda Rose uh, Igo, and she is a um, public speaking coach. So I learned a little bit with her, and I'm trying to get more and more experience. And I um I just I think it's so cool. Like I, if someone told me I was going to be on TEDx, I'd be like. Oh my God. Like I would, I would probably like lose my mind, but I can understand yeah. where you're coming from when, with the whole, like, I, I don't really want to do this because yeah. you're so much more focused on other people and helping make the world a better place. And you 
know how to do that by inspiring and empowering women. And sometimes you forget to do that for yourself. So it's Absolutely. nice to have those people that uh, make you do it. Absolutely. And, and last year, it's so funny how it all came about. I hired a speaking coach as well, Rhonda Khan, amazing speaker coach. And it, just as she and I got started with our uh, um, coaching, she knew about my platform and I explained to her, this is not my jam, but I want to just do it right. So I'm going to take this coaching program and maybe a couple of weeks into us working together. I said, well, Rhonda, I got this TEDx thing. Oh my gosh. She went crazy. And she really, really helped me uh, draft my and write out my TEDx speech. It, it, it's something that could be somewhat nerve wracking, no matter how much how connected you are to your story and the story that you want to share you really do have to deliver it in a very ted way right you know you you've watched and, and heard so many others and um i was really happy that god aligned all the right things for me at the right time definitely i mean for three weeks into your coaching and you're like, oh, I got, I got this TEDx thing. It's just, you know, just, just a little TEDx thing. <laughs> and, but, but to actually have everything set in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that is God. I am, I am a very, very spiritual person. I go to, I call church my spiritual therapy that I need weekly. Yeah, It is, you know, I have to be in person weekly yeah. for that. And then I, you know, I practice every day. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 my scheduling doesn't allow me to be as often as I would like. I used to work right around the corner from a church. So I literally was there for lunch almost three times, almost five times a week, just to pop in, just to get my moment. And I am such a goal oriented person. I'm such a planner that I realized at some point in all the obstacles I was fighting at work, trying to advance in my career and the things that women have to go to, especially black women have to go to, to advance in leadership in corporate America, and also trying to run my business at the same time, I realized that I was kind of losing my faith because I started to get down. And once I turned that around and got back into the word and the spirit, I developed a planner called Plan, Pray, Prosper that I wrote and created for myself. It was a planner because I was always in a planner. I was a planner, right? So I created a planner that also incorporated scripture and also incorporated a monthly prayer focus to help me stay spiritually grounded while going after my goals. So that was the one thing I feel like in my journey helped me a lot, stay connected and spiritually grounded. Hey, do you wanna join this conversation? Do you have input that you would love to give? Join Level Up With Live Facebook community for badass spiritual women. It's all about accountability and motivation. And we talk about these podcasts as well. The link to join is in the show notes below. What is a scripture that you use in the month of June? Oh my God, I don't know them by heart. That's why I developed this planner because I am so not, uh, I don't have a great memory. I'm always- I'm not one of them them Christians that's like just giving you all the verses. I'm not that person either. Like I was born, I was, I was born again in, um, 2019. Um, I was born a Buddhist originally. 
Like that was how I was brought into this world. Right. My grandparents were Jehovah's Witnesses. My mother was born Catholic, but then had converted to Buddhism by the time that I was born. My father was an atheist. So I have a very big background when it comes to my, but I've chosen Christianity as my vessel to God. That's mm -hmm. how I see it. And so, no, I am not like super good. I just, I noticed that in June, the month of June specifically, race issues start to populate more. And as a black female, what are some things that you do to stay focused on your goals and your mission and not be distracted by the things that happen? Um, because this is really the time, I've noticed that throughout history. This is yeah. really our time in America when yeah. race issues really do start to happen. Yeah. And we know the last year in itself has polarized that even more and the truth is that's why i created that planner and and had i known we would even go down that road this road of talking about my planner i would have had it all handy but this was not planned we did not know we were going down this path in conversation and so i don't have it in front of me but that's okay i can put the link in the show notes below for people to see it so thank you so much so the planner itself i created a kit so that I could do just that because I found myself, I live in New York City, well, New York, I work in New York City, so I would travel on the subway, the train, and my planner is either big or I wouldn't put it in my bag depending on what I was carrying that day. And so I needed extra tools to keep me in that space. So I developed these um, cards with my scriptures from the planner. So whatever I'm working on in the month of whatever, it's an undated planner to help you kind of start and stop whenever you want, because okay. we, we do get off track. Those are very popular. The planning, right? Mm -hmm. And so I created the scripture cards, the prayer focus card, and, and an affirmation card that goes along with the planner. So that when I'm on the train, and when I'm flying, I recently posted that, um, I recently traveled and had my planner cards and prayer cards in my hand without needing the bulky planner um, to travel with me on a plane. So those are the things that I go to. Um, definitely, I have been a Zoom or YouTube church goer as of um, this past year. That has helped me stay spiritually grounded. And I have a group of sister friends where we get together and we praise and worship, right? I'm of Catholic faith. Many of my friends are um, a different denomination in, um, in Christianity, yet we all come together. We have prayer focused sessions. My, I have a, um, a very good client and friend who is a Presbyterian pastor and she, we just spoke last night about our prayer requests for the month. Inside of her sweet spot, every uh, first Tuesday of the month, we set intentions and we set our goals. So it's a daily constant um, activity to continue to surround yourself by like-minded people that want to stay focused on getting their goals done and having discussions and conversations that are uncomfortable about the race relationship relations going on so that we can either learn, teach, and grow from them. I, I love that. I, my life is kind of similar as well when it comes to having that support system. Yeah. Um, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a planner. Like I have a YouTube video that's literally just, it was about 2020 
and how you need to plan. And I was like sitting down and I, I looked into making a planner. I love that, that you're that type of entrepreneur that if you need something, you make it or you find a way to get it. Absolutely. I, I, and I can tell that about you. Most, most entrepreneurs develop a product or service out of a need that they needed to fulfill for themselves. And so when all my clients are talking about, okay, who's my ideal customer? And we're working on that client avatar um, worksheet. I say, look in the mirror, you know, let's get Michael Jackson, man in the mirror. You are always the first person that needed the stuff that you created. It, it usually comes from a personal need, something mm -hmm. that you either use and wanted to improve. Use yourself as that um, that 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 uh, foundation to build upon the things that you want to see happen better in the world. Oh yeah, that's powerful. I don't think people. You want to give um, an example of how how simple it could be, um, like business wise. Yeah. So, you know, as you're going through trying to understand the mind of your ideal customer, right, and trying to decide what are the purchasing decisions that they make, ask yourself three simple questions that you would ask your client. You know, look at your own product and or service. Find out what were the pain points that you've experienced, right? So if you are, I was just talking to a client yesterday who is a therapist and I haven't, I haven't heard from her for three months. And I'm like, where, where were you? What's going on? She said, I totally had to unplug. And um, so I've been so burnt out and I've gotten to the point of feeling burned out. And so I had to unplug and I had to work on myself. I said, there you go. We've been talking about developing your signature program and understanding what the pain points are that your ideal customer could potentially be feeling. Tell me the, tell me the things you were feeling. And then the light bulb went off for her mm -hmm. and she was able to identify the issues that caused her to get to the point of overwhelm and burned out. And then she was able to document what her um, solutions were in those three months where she unplugged unplugging was the first thing right she actually sought a different type of support as coaches business coaches we are not therapists right. so when you need to plug into therapy you have to seek that as as a source right and so she realized she had to look for those things to help her overcome her particular issue and that's the service that she's going to provide to other caretakers, other service-based providers, other therapists that get to the point of burnt out. Because when you are leading a group of people, it will eventually get to a place where you kind of absorb. That's why wellness and self-care is such a big thing today. It's true. It's real. It's not just to get your nails done. I do that on any given Tuesday. Yeah. But purposefully unwinding and really escaping from your everyday situations is really helpful. I have added a meditation practice. Um, I've gotten a lot more strict on my just daily routines in general mm -hmm. um, with my calendar blocking and everything. I recently had a really bad like depression episode, but I'm, I'm one of those coaches that it's like, I'm the type of person 
when I go through something, I figure out how I can get through it faster. So my process is, is so much, is so different than a lot of other people's because what I do is I allow myself to be in that energy. I allow myself to feel horrible. I allow, and then I set an end date of how long am I going to allow myself to feel this way? Like the last time I felt horrible and I thought it was going to take me like a week. So I'm like, I'm going to give myself this time to do that, but I'm going to still work through it. So I journaled. Yeah. I, you know, just deep. got deep in praise and worship, did not listen to any other verse, very strict on my communication time mm-hmm. and not talking to the people that pull from my cup, only talking to the people that pour into my cup because I like to be at overflow because I do the most for my people. So I need to make sure I take care of me. And that's why I'm starting to see like, yeah, you're always going to have these horrible things pop up in your life. But also as an empath, I know myself and I know that I need to be able to like detach. I know I cannot take on a bunch of clients at one point in time because I, I feed too much into that. And I haven't gotten to the point where that I don't, you know, cut off. And I, I'm going to have to figure that out myself, you know, like I know, like there's tips and, and things that I can learn, but you know, you, you figure out what works best for you. And, and then yeah, being able to digest and then teach that. And it's, it's so, it's so powerful. That's so cool that, I mean, and especially therapists and caregivers, like nurses, nurses after COVID have gone through so yes. much. And we, the people that have worked full-time, because I still have a full-time job, never got time off. We, right. every, all these other people got to slow down, but that's not the case. The, the amount of burnout that they're dealing with, she, your, what your client went through was so necessary to help so many other people. Yes. She's going to get so much further along. And the clarity she received during that time is invaluable because when you're, when you're running on overload, right, you are missing the gems. You are not properly taking the opportunities as they come. You're letting opportunities go by when you're on overload, right? It's so important to be, I love what you said that you time box. I'm a woman in tech. I don't know if we talked about that, but my full-time career, as we we both know that we're both still in our careers, is um, as an analyst and a test engineer in fintech. And so we time box everything. And so you're so right when we say, listen, you're going to give it a lot of times based on... um, what I'm doing with my clients, we give it longer stretches of time, but it's a three month period, but we're going to reevaluate things in that time. And so many of you are probably working inside corporate America. You're used to performance appraisals, those quarterly reports. Those are the same tactics we have to use for our personal development. It's not just for career. It's not, yes, the boss want to be a pain in the butt because they probably want to pay you less. So they're going to put the pressure on you for those things, but you really got to look at it uh, um, the other way around and see how it benefits you. Exactly. Oh my goodness. There's always, there's so many different sides to look at things in general. Yeah. I saw this and I made a post about this today, but it was a, a quote, like you're never going to have what you hate to see people with. Mm-hmm. And people can take that off. Hold on. Uh-uh. Let me write that down. Yeah, yeah. You're never you will never have what you hate to see others with. So I originally I was thinking about 
jealousy. That's what I originally was thinking about because a lot of people don't want to see others do well, Yeah, but they won't, you know? So that was my first thought, but then I thought more about it and I thought into Malcolm X's statement, what you don't hate, you will eventually tolerate. Mm. And so I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I hate to see people in poverty. I hate to see people dealing with problems they can choose not to deal with. Yes. You know? I hate to see the injustice happening for black and brown people. That is exactly the message and the lesson we have been trying to teach. And I think last year's moment, unfortunately, George Floyd gave his life for it. It is really woke people up to understanding what that phrase means and what that statement actually means. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I, I want to ask you, so what are some tips that you give to um, black, black, specifically female entrepreneurs that would you, you would say would be different than, you know, other are, are in general women of color? Because you serve a lot of different women of color, not just black women. Right. Um, you I looked at your website. I looked and like, yeah, you serve tons of different types of women, but specifically for black women. Uh, but the first thing I say is look at it from your own lens and not the, 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 the corporation's lens when you're talking about work and career, right? Mm -hmm. Walk into it, understanding time boxing again, understanding what you will benefit from the job just as much as what they will benefit. Understand what value you bring to the table. Know your values enough so that you that could equate with the company you work for. As you get more um, involved inside the culture of the company, it will allow you to know when a toxic situation is happening, when to walk away, right? It's that time boxing and understanding who you are. And it's really knowing your values and knowing your self-worth in order for you to um, be bold and firm about uh, demanding those things, whether it's in corporate America or inside of your business. Many people in entrepreneurship, as they start out, because they're starting new businesses and it's something that they just founded or maybe they just they really haven't been marketing um, and they're just now starting to learn what it's like to market a small business, they think that they have to do entry level uh, price points, yet they have 20 years of valued experience in that field. Most people, again, are using the things that they've seen personally or things that they've experienced using their skills and gifts and abilities to do the businesses that they're doing. And because it's a new business and they've been taught not to devalue themselves rather, they are coming in you know, and especially because their ideal customer may look like them. So it tells them a little bit more about their relationship with money as a minority, as a black woman, right? It gives them a glimpse into if the person that looks like me, maybe they need a discount. So let me start things off at a different price point. So I really talk to the woman, you know, you mm. mentioned that, right? You mentioned my, my, uh, my pillars, mindset, money, marketing, ah. and media. Yeah. So looking at the, the, that money media, what is your relationship with money? What is your own personal beliefs 
that you have that you were taught and still carry on about the way you should make money demand money because it's a demand okay let's let's start demanding our worth and um, how you uh, share money it's such a vicious cycle of limiting beliefs that we are all just now learning to unpack peel those layers off of those limiting beliefs that you know if you are a woman of color if you're a woman of Caribbean descent there's just so many different things that you've had to deal with and learn and now we're finally trying to unlearn them Oh, I, I truly believe that what the black community needs the most is healing. That is what I absolutely truly believe. I, um, I've had, I'm going to just say that I've had a very privileged life. And I say privilege, not because my parents had money because no, I've been homeless twice. I say privilege because I was not I have very rarely been discriminated against for my race. I have, I've gotten almost every single job I've asked for. I have, you know, applied for, I have never been, I have, I have been treated very well. Granted, I'm 28 and it's completely different than a, than generations before me. Are people, are, are even people right now that weren't taught the same things I was taught. Right. My mother went to, um, the University of South Carolina and got her double masters while she had the three of us and my parents had divorced. And so she would take me to some of the classes with her, like that our workshops when they were talking about interviewing skills. So at the age of like 11 years old, I was in these college interviewing skills classes. Mm-hmm. My mom exposed me to so many things that I, I would self-care, self-love, mm-hmm. actually talking through your emotions, um, all of those things that are soft skills that a lot of things are not exposed to other people in black in the black community yeah it's something that i'm fortunate enough to be 47 years old so i've been around the block and back (laughs) and i've experienced and i'll tell you in my 20s i also know that i have lived and and grew up in a privileged way when it comes to um the work environment and I thought so then, I've never been fired, I've never been, um, but I have been overlooked, I have been underpaid, I have been, um, even when you make what you think as a black woman, your understanding of money, even when you make what you think is a good salary for a black person, and that's always the dotted thing you have to say at the end of that. You make good money for a black person, this that's, is what, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know what? That's why I, I, I'm i not about that standard because yes. like we we have to stop this whole like, oh, because it's a black person. No, because it's a black business. No, we have to high get the standard higher. Everybody's personal standards need to raise. I yes. really truly believe that because yes. the way things are set up in the, for the next couple of years. If you don't figure out a way how to make yourself profitable, you will be part of the production of what, what society's making. And I, I don't think it's no necessarily just a race thing for me. Like this is my perspective on it. I think that COVID made what our government is trying to make happen for a long time. And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, I have a, 
I'm more conservative as a person. I, I would I would consider myself more like a libertarian, but with conservative views, right? But so I'm already, you know, a, a target. So, <laughs> so, but how I see it is COVID helped 20% of the population become producers and 80% become consumers. And logistics, those that business is going to get skyrocket. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because yeah. people do want things shipped. Yes. People want to go out and about and do stuff, but so many people are so much more comfortable being at home. And a lot of people are so comfortable consuming. You talk to the general public, you'll find out how dead some people truly are like mentally. They're just, they're just not there. And in order to really advance in this world, you're going to have to raise your standard, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, you know, what I think happened for um, the world and beautifully for Black women is that COVID helped highlight so many inequities. I don't know how it happened that the pan, well, I do know how it happened, but so, so many of the jobs that were lost in during the pandemic furloughed were all jobs that are widely held by um, African-American women in the African-American community or lower income um, communities, right? The, 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 the labor jobs that were sorely declining. And that also pushed a group of people into thinking of solutions to bring in income into their homes. So the world of entrepreneurship, I, I can't wait to see what the the um, the numbers look like, but so many women that had those small businesses and those side hustles prior to COVID saw a surge, like you said, in the consumerism and, and their businesses skyrocketed because one, people for some reason were shopping more, <laughs> even though the job market was at a decline and yet more interestingly the world wanted to take note to black owned businesses and support them at a greater um, rate than um, nationally we've seen before and i think last year made a remarkable hit is either you shot your shot you made it you found a way to get inventory up you found a way even with shipments down so many people found ingenious ways to keep their customers happy keep their customers informed of what was going on with product shipment and and i know for the coaching industry itself it really went up for black women because people started seeking assistance especially um, about learning how to take their business to an online platform and become more digital. So last year, COVID really exposed so many people to one, the importance of online uh, uh, marketplaces and the black businesses that are out here already doing it. Now they're finally getting the um, you know recognition they need and funding. We didn't even talk about the funding aspects of helping black and brown businesses get funding because that is usually the first place that holds them back into either innovating their products and or expanding out into you know more national global markets because 
they just don't have the funds to do so. Most of our companies, yeah, most of our companies are bootstrapped. We are, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul to make a dollar out of 15 cents, as they say. So uh, I think last year was a remarkable year for those who shot, they shot. And if you were in it to win it, you know, God bless you. And I, I wish you continued success. But remember, you can't do it alone. You need an army of people. You need all the right support systems, right? You need to be a part of communities like Her Sweet Spot that are really interested in helping to to keep you informed of new resources and connected to other like-minded businesses. It, this is honestly, to me, one of the, this is, I'm so happy to be alive in this time. Like, honestly, like I get to complain about the stupidest stuff, you know, like my <laughs> delivery not being, like my food not being delivered properly, you know, Walmart messing up. Um, you know, those are, in comparison to people in Australia right now that have a mice infestation in, in, in East Australia. And then we've got um, in China, there are re-education camps right now in China. And just, just a little, I know this is weird, but side note, in 2020, $800,000 worth of human hair was uh, found from um, China, right? illegal human hair well who produces most of the human hair for black americans wait where was that found here in america no 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 over there but it was all wrapped up to sell well they've been all but there's also pictures of these specific types of people in these re-education camps where their hair's been cut off because they're muslim so i really think that people need to be very mindful of where they're sourcing their hair from absolutely like see because that's not something we think about because yeah. it's not a problem that we like you know what i'm saying like right. and as far as global injustices and stuff like that like we really really have to be mindful of the type of consumers we're being labor laws in different countries and the non-existent labor laws and while we are championing those laws here where we're getting our products is absolutely an issue i want to start a clothing line one day when I'm like seven years from now, that's one of my goals. But I wanted to be made solely in America. I do not want to outsource anything. Yeah. And yeah, my clothes are going to be expensive, but they're going to be for women that want to look sexy, that want to dress conservatively. Yeah. Like clothes like that look good. But I mean, because if, if you haven't noticed, like there's a lot of women that don't wear any clothes. <laughs> this past year has changed fashion in so many ways. It is like the couture of sweats and the couture of casual wear that people, and I think, you know, people are excited to be back out right now and to have a purpose and a reason to, to wear all of the designer clothes and the uncomfortable shoes. I said to someone the other day, I said, I went out today and I put on hard shoes. I'm so excited my feet not so much but i'm so excited i get to dress back up <laughs> and i mean some some of the fashion trends are really um some are really cute some are love but then there's yeah. some okay i work at a restaurant on saturday nights so i get to see a lot of different types of people you see it all the bonnets the bonnet discussion that's been going on across social media uh as of late the women outside running around with bonnets on 
side note. Okay. So I work my, the restaurant I work at is Morton's the steakhouse. It's fine dining. So like if, if a person ever came in here with a bonnet, I really, I would not want to serve them. I'm, no. I'm going to just be honest with you. Sorry if like you hear this and you're offended. Luckily, but, <laughs> luckily the, the, the people that would go to a Morton's would not be want, wanting to be seen with a bonnet on. I'm going to only assume. You'd be surprised what you you know what I'm gonna just I'm gonna just talk about this one lady. She came in on Valentine's Day because I live like it's in St. Louis, okay? Mm-hmm. A white bodysuit. She sat in the bar because with the words fuck in black all over her. Like like how Fendi is and right. how yeah, get all over her body. Wow! Didn't a rapper do that? Something like that at a, at an awards show. His suit—it was like you know, like you said, the Gucci sign, but it had a word. There might have been the F word too. They had a word in there that people were like, "Zoom in," <laughs> and you were like, "Oh my God, okay, setting trends." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That... Did anybody notice her? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So on Bye. Valentine's Day, we knew what she was after. Well, I mean, she never, you know what? The lady wasn't with a man, okay? And I don't know if the girl she was with was her girlfriend. It didn't look like that. They just looked like they were like platonic. They did not look like they were going to get a role. Out for a single girl's Valentine's Day night. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just saying. There are some people. Questionable. In this world. Yes. So fashion lines, you know, but someone told me they're like, Oh, you know, well, most of the textile industry has moved to India. I said, I don't care where it is. This is America. We got it all. What do you mean? We have every label. Like, yeah, it's going to be expensive. But no, we have, we, I really think we really need to start, start being more dependent on our communities that we have here. We're too dependent on other countries to be the world power that we are. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that as I continue to study the world of consumerism and um, venture capitalism and, and, you know, the sad part is when you talk about funding and you talk about investments and investors, the first thing they want to know is the cost of acquisition, right? The cost of goods. And all of that to them means get it and find it the cheapest way possible. And it's so hard. But when you do find an investor that is really interested in helping uh, the the American-made products, um, that's really special. And you have a lot of states where they can really help with the infrastructure and have the infrastructure in place to make more things in America. So I think your goal is is pretty pretty great. And I'm sure within seven years, we will have um, a lot more manufacturing happening here. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I definitely think that as well. So my last question, what is your five-year goal for Her Sweet Spot? Yeah, so I would love for Her Sweet Spot to be the premier place where women of color come together to build connections, community, uh, get coaching, and get access to capital for their small business. And for me, that means 
helping develop over a thousand to one million women of color small businesses. Because no matter what, no matter how um, in love you are with your career, we all need a second, third, fourth, and up to seven streams of revenue and income. And you can do that. Entrepreneurship is not a four-letter word. And I meet a lot of people that really get um, fearful of it, right? But guess what? You don't have to be the one running it. You could be the one that creates it, but you build it into a business that you can hire all the right people. And her sweet spot is exactly that. In five years, we will go, grow to, you know, nine figure income and revenue and really be in a position where we have partnered with major corporations that are interested in supporting their workforce because the statistics for side hustles in this past, uh, I think, you know, we forget all about 2020, but 2019, or it might've been 2020, the American Express um, Women in Business report stated that well over 39 or 69% of women have side hustles, are freelance, are gig workers. And cause why? We need to fill our wage gap. And so her sweet spot is really the resource that helps you balance the two, give you the resources in order to grow your business and allow you to not be in your business and get to the point of overwhelmed and, and um, burnout. Yeah, because businesses need systems. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people start out, oh, well, I can do that. And they, they don't have the systems. Yeah, and you know what, the, you know what the, main, <laughs> the number one problem with most of my clients uh, um, especially the seasoned veterans that have been in uh, the workforce for many years is that they work for companies that have these fully developed systems and that they have all of the systems in place that makes life and work so much better. And entrepreneurs start coming out of the gate wanting to have and develop those same systems. And what happens? They're investing and they're bootstrapping and depleting all of their finances to create a business that looks like a 20 year old business in a, in a month, in a year. And that is not sustainable. You truly have to build a business from the ground up. You can't just look at entrepreneurship and try to duplicate it from your existing work life. And at Her Sweet Spot, we teach you how to slowly establish systems to meet you where you are at until you get the type of traction that will allow you to really invest in your, um, or the, allow the business to invest in itself to develop those automated systems. It's really important that you learn how to run your, 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 your entire operations from the ground up. Thank you so much. Like I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. You definitely, we, we talked on so many different topics too. I know. It was, so, it was such a you know, great conversation. It really was. It really was. So yeah, no, thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.